0: Hello, and welcome to episode 45 of Spooky Girls, the podcast where we explore all sorts of real life paranormal and creepy occurrences, from ghost sightings and hauntings to reported alien and cryptid encounters, myths, folklore, legends, and more. Every episode, we cover a different true spooky story. We're your hosts.
1: I'm Katrina. And I am Jasmine. Good evening once again from Hong Kong. Hello, good morning from the UK. <laughs> oh yeah. it's good to be back. <laughs> again. How are you, my dear? I'm alright, it's see been a
0: while and um, I am very very sorry that I missed out on the last episode which was Jasmine interviewing Derek Dylan.
1: Derek yes Derek Dylan, yes that was a really fun one but it's okay there will be many many more times I'm um, sure.
0: (laughs) I'd been at work all day and when I read Jasmine's message about it it was like six o'clock in the morning and I was really confused and I thought that she meant the Sunday after for us to record so I was like that's fine so when I got home from work at like seven o'clock at night I was like okay finally time to rest and then completely ignored all of my messages and they didn't come up on my phone and then it was only when I was going to bed at about 11 p.m that I saw all of the messages that were like Katrina where are you I'm starting now. I hope you're okay. And I was
1: like, I'm a
0: dick. <laughs>
1: you know, I thought something had happened. I think for I'm me, so I was sorry. just relieved. It's I was just relieved that something hadn't happened to you because, you know what, it's really not your fault because coordinating between between time zones is never fun, like even just for you and I. Hmm. And that's just an eight hour time difference. But... But Derek was uh, talking to me from a 16-hour time difference, <laughs> so it was it was it was manic enough. So I was like, right, okay, it has to be morning in LA, which is like two o'clock in the morning in Hong Kong, mm. which is like 9 p.m. in England. <laughs> so I was just like trying to do all this terrible mm. maths in my head, and it was yeah, not not your fault. No, I think, it was my I think, fault. I didn't
0: read. No, it's I can't th- read. No <laughs> reading comprehension. But,
1: um, we, will, but yeah. we will we will we will plan it a bit more ahead of schedule i mean i f- i feel like with these things they kind of fall into our lap and we're like mm. oh okay yeah. right let's do this so um don't yeah. worry so it sounded worry. like
0: a really fun episode and i am so sorry derek and i would have been there for those discussions like i was listening to oh, it yeah. and i was like oh they're talking about labyrinth and the dark crystal and and they're talking about all these horror films that i love and i, I wanted to sob. yeah, stop. yeah.
1: Oh, don't worry again i am sure that we will have many a cool cool guest join us oh, yeah. um so fear not my dear fear not Thank you. it's good just to have you back again Yay. i missed your face for how
0: long i don't know because like my um i'm <laughs> stru- struggling like <laughs> like all caps hashtag struggling um oh bob just life at the moment and university and everything and i yeah, feel
1: that i feel that and
0: my mental health is yeah pretty pretty <laughs> horrendous and then it's like when I do have the energy to do something I just sit down and like binge watch funny tv so um, I
1: mean again I I, I cannot blame <laughs> you and I don't think any I think all of our mental health health uh, health health sounds that like that sounds like a non-word I can see why people don't bother learning English in <laughs> Hong Kong but yeah I think that everyone's mental health has taken a sizable dip shall yeah. we say in recent years so i am sure that nobody is holding that against you bob thank bub. you thank you very much and <laughs> and
0: finally which i'm obsessed with now i finally watched the tv series of what we do in the shadows
1: <gasps> isn't finally. it amazing I, oh it's so it's,
0: good i was i put it off for so long because i loved the film yeah and then i watched it because i thought it was going to be just like really stupid and i thought they were going to like recycle everything they didn't recycle a single joke that i can remember it was completely yeah it was like a different cast fucking everything funny like amazing yeah i loved it
1: so much i'm so i'm so glad that you finally got around to watching it because i also i also because like okay so again katty and i i think the majority of of our like film repertoire we share because we we used to watch just sit in catty's house and watch endless everything for hours and i do mean hours whole summer just eating candy watching tv and watching all these movies and stuff and that was one which i remember you showed me and you were like you have to watch this one. <laughs> and and it it was just beautiful it was beautiful and and yeah catty that was one of catty's like big Big movie loves that, and of course the one which I still haven't seen yet, Grave Encounters.
0: (laughs) Yes, but yeah, while I I still love the film and like Taika Waititi, his character is the best, and like is in what we do in the show is the TV show, but like I care about all the characters in the show so much, Colin Robinson. And Guillermo and all of them. And I love it so much.
1: <laughs> Guillermo. And like, I love Guillermo. Like, I
0: love Guillermo. And like, I watched it just after I binge watched all of Toast of London, which is Ma- not seen that Matt one. Berry, to go from that to him as Laszlo. And it's like, <laughs> I'm because he's so (laughs) obnoxious in toast of london just like awful (laughs) and then i'm i'm actually in love with laszlo and what we do in the shadows so i'm like a bit obsessed with him. he he's a musician as well and like his music some of it's in toast of london it's actually like really really good wait uh, so
1: what's it called toast of london toast
0: of london yeah he plays um if anyone has like i know most people who listen are american so if anyone has brick (laughs) box and they like Matt Berry who plays Laszlo. He has a series called Toast of London where he's he plays an actor, an actor called um, Stephen Toast and he's basically oh just God. like a really awful actor like, you know, uh, <laughs> like too much too much drink, too much drugs too many women too like 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 he's just like an oh (laughs) yeah he's just like awful (laughs) (laughs) but it's so it's so funny and like he's quite endearing in a weird way but it's um yeah so good because i've i've i really liked matt berry for a while and um have you ever seen garth Marenghi's dark place that was like one of the first comedies (laughs) anyway that is incredible. It's so ridiculous but that's another sort of like horror like comedy type thing because that's about... God
1: I completely <laughs> I completely spelled his name wrong. <laughs> oh, oh God okay let me see this show is a parody of an eighties horror television and part soap opera. Garth Marenghi is a fictional horror author making a TV show with his manager Dean. Set at Dark Place Hospital, Garth plays Dr. Douglas, who always carries a gun and tries to solve supernatural mysteries. <laughs> <Yeah>. see, it's <laughs> what a what a summary. Always carries a gun. I like how that's like a special Amazing. trait that they have to mention. And
0: it's, um, <sighs> you know, Richard Ioardi he's oh, like, yeah? yeah 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 he's one of the writers and he's in it he oh. he plays the um his like agent who's also in the the spoof tv show um,
1: okay i'm like making a note of all of this i want
0: i want kind of want us to watch them together though
1: okay okay well then i will cross it out and i will okay. watch it when i come and see I you because i April.
0: know <laughs> that you are gonna love it i think everyone else please if you've watched these or will watch them because it's pretty like incredible mm. british <laughs> pretty, yeah yeah british comedy that's always like quite bizarre um oh God. i think yeah everyone i love them and so richard
1: ayawade is the guy from um it crowd yeah yeah and matt,
0: matt berry was in the it crowd as well like all of i think oh. <laughs> i think british comedians oh, like there's there's they a finite like number recycle. of them, and they're all in the same.
1: Things. One day but, um, we're going to run out. It's going to be very, very, very dangerous. Never. It's going to be worrying. We're going to have to. We're going to. Oh no! <gasps> Imagine if we have to like repatriate James fucking Corden. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no,
1: no, thank you. Oh, oh wait. Speaking of like new things, so I finally watched the new Scream film. Oh, have you seen it? it I have. It's online sorry. now. It it is online. It's very very good. You need to watch it. I mean illegally. It is a very good one. Um, wink wink. No, I think it's. <laughs> I think it's, it is. It is a copy of a legal copy. <laughs> so, and okay. since but now and since the world is just a massive uh, simulation, um, theory of simulacra dictates that. If it looks like something, then it is. And therefore, it is a legal version. And you can find it streaming online at fmovies.pia. Ch- Chanting
0: absolute bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Just
1: anyway. in case the police come for me. It's legal. Did you like it? Is it good? It was brilliant. Oh, it was gosh. really, really good. And I knew who the killer was from the first scene that I saw them in. Because I have a terrible habit of always being attracted to the evil uh, person. So I was like, yep. Yep it's insert person here and my friend who had watched it was like why would you say that and I was like nope, just is and I was correct mm-hmm. you will see well,
0: we'll it's see. a bit like when you're watching like a tv show and then suddenly there's an actor that you know and they appear and they have lines and it's like you just appeared out of nowhere I think that the plot <laughs> has something to do with you
1: oh yeah yeah, oh, yeah. it's a good one though exactly. it's a fun I will one watch it yes so, Yay. Oh, Baba, I missed you so much. I, I miss missed chatting you shit
0: with you. <laughs> I missed everybody I miss else. I'm so crap. sorry that this is probably like 15 minutes of the episode, but but Whatever. it's fun. And please um, go watch everything that we just told you to watch.
1: Ta-da! Yeah. We should have like a spin-off where we just have like recommendations. And yeah, stuff. Be. except I could be I like
0: one. don't watch anything for months, and then I watch all the things, and then.
1: Yeah, it could be like a like like a once every three month like okay. top picks for twenty twenty two, but it's like three years later. <laughs> we're like we just got around to watching. Yeah, just got around to watching Avatar <laughs> in like two thousand and twelve. <laughs> Check it out, guys. I've still never watched Avatar. It's not that good. Don't okay. worry, it's fine. Okay. So, Katrina, tell us what you have cooking for us today.
0: Right, I have been writing this for ages. And um, we had to put off this episode for about a week because I just couldn't seem to finish it. But (laughs) the story is The Screaming Ghost of Burton Agnes
1: Hall. Ooh, Ooh, those are a lot of words.
0: It is. So it's a very British one. Excellent. As we're on about (laughs) British things today. So my sources for this were BurtonAgnes.com, MadameGuillotine.co.uk, www.spookyisles.com and (laughs) GhostwalkBrighton.co.uk. Burton Agnes Hall is an impressive Tudor manor house and garden estate in the village of Burton Agnes near Driffield in the east ridings of Yorkshire, England. While a building has been on the lands since 1173, The Burton Agnes Hall we see today was rebuilt in the early 17th century by Sir Henry Griffiths, who wanted to make it into a magnificent family home for himself and his three daughters. His daughters all loved the hall and devoted themselves to helping plan the renovations and refurbishment of the property, none more so than Henry's youngest daughter, Catherine, known as Anne to friends and family. As the house was being reconstructed, Anne would beam with pride and tell anyone who would listen about Burton Agnes Hall, stating resolutely how it was one of the most beautiful buildings to have ever graced the great British landscape. Anne would frequently spend her days wandering around the estate grounds, planning the spectacular new gardens, and fantasising about the wonderful, happy life that the family would soon enjoy together, in the home that they all adored and had worked so hard to make their own. Tragically, Anne didn't live long enough to see her fantasy become a reality. As you could probably guess, if you want something too much, you'll die.
1: Um, (laughs) Horror Movie 101. (laughs) Be apathetic as fuck, you will survive. Mm. Yeah.
0: (laughs) One afternoon in 1620, shortly before the work on the house was completed, Anne decided to visit one of her friends in St Quintin's in Harpham, a town only a mile away from Burton Agnes Hall. However, as she approached the local landmark of St John's Well... She was viciously attacked by a gang of highwaymen, who brutally beat her, stole her possessions, and left the young woman for dead. When she was eventually discovered on the road by passers-by, Anne was barely clinging to life, and she was quickly brought back home to the hall. There, she languished for only a few days before developing a fever and succumbing to her injuries her doting sisters by her side the entire time. According to legend, though, before she passed, Anne is said to have made a somewhat bizarre, macabre final request. Supposedly, as she drifted in and out of consciousness, she was in utter despair at the thought of ever having to leave her cherished family home, and she told her sisters that her soul would never be able to rest until a part of her remained there. It was then that she begged her sisters to promise that, after her death, they would have her head severed from her body and placed within one of the walls, where it would then be sealed away to stay a part of the beloved family home forever.
1: I mean, why wouldn't you just pick like a fucking finger? Why your head? <laughs> I do. Why? Why, bitch? Like, take my eyes. Why not? Why the fucking head? That's just weird. Crazy woman.
0: Anne's sisters were horrified by her request, but in an effort to calm her as she lay dying, and thinking that it was merely the delusional ramblings of her fevered mind, they agreed to her gruesome final wish. Anne soon passed away. However, when it came time to carry out her wish, her sisters could not bring themselves to desecrate her corpse by having her head removed, and instead decided to inter her body within the family vault of the local churchyard. Almost immediately, Burton Agnes Hall was engulfed by terrifying paranormal activity. That's what you get, bitch.
1: (laughs) Cut my head off. Otherwise, I'll come and cut yours off. Cut my head (laughs) in two (laughs) pieces. Put it inside the wall.
0: (laughs) Unexplained footsteps. Loud crashing noises. Banging on the walls. Slamming doors. And horrifying spine-chilling, disembodied screams echoed throughout the hall, tormenting the increasingly unsettled inhabitants at all hours of the day. At first, Anne's sisters tried their best to ignore and deny the eerie occurrences. That was, until family and servants alike Began witnessing the gruesome apparition of Anne Griffiths herself, still bloodied and bruised from the attack that killed her, aimlessly wandering along the corridors of the hall, wailing as she went. Finally, driven by desperation and despair, the sisters sought out the wise counsel of the local vicar. After explaining their situation to the vicar, and detailing the horrifying paranormal activity that had overtaken their home, he advised them that the only way to put an end to the activity was to honor the promise that they had made to their dying sister. A vicar said that? Apparently, that so. cutting off her
1: head. Mm. Ah, yes. Go to the go to the morgue and dig up her body and lop off her head, as is the will of God.
0: Mm. <laughs> With seemingly no alternative, Anne's sisters had her coffin disinterred from the family vault, whereupon they allegedly discovered that, while her body itself had remained in almost perfect condition, her head had been completely stripped of the flesh, leaving behind a grotesque,
1: grinning skull. (coughs) I love it. It's beautiful. I love it. How long did this. Because, um, are they sure? Sh- because, I mean, okay, they wore a lot of clothes back in the Victorian times. Well, this is pre Victorian. This is like. 1600. Fucking ever ago. Yeah. yeah. So, like, they probably wore you even more clothes. So maybe her whole body was just, I don't know, decomposing and the rest of her body also had no flesh on it. But they couldn't see it because she was wearing, like, 50,000 skirts. You'd be able to see, like,
0: the hands and the everything. I, I
1: mean,. Know. and bodies like
0: super deflate
1: yes but again how long between her dying, all that crap happening, people believing them going to the vicar, vicar saying okay them going to have someone else disinter their sister like that must have at least taken like a month or two.
0: uh, Yeah but bodies don't like the flesh wouldn't be entirely gone. I think it it might take like a year for a body to be like skeletonized. As far I as guess I can remember. It depends remember. also like
1: time of year. <laughs> as far as as far as I can remember. Like
0: that's just that's just like a little, little bit like, of information.
1: I mean I mean once again I must mention our favourite documentary, um, <laughs> Mummifying Alan, which is still the best thing I can never find. Yes. On the is it's amazing. And I mean i need to rewatch that because i think also it's to do with like the time of year when you bury them it oh yeah can make yeah, yeah, like yeah. it can make it like a natural fridge right so
0: i don't know anne's skull was removed and promptly taken back to her beloved burton agnes hall after which the frightening activity at the house seemed to instantly stop It appeared as though Anne's restless spirit was finally satisfied and at peace. But only for a time.
1: Oh, who fucking moved it again?
0: Over the years, there have been a number of instances where the gruesome relic has been disturbed, or a new owner of the hall, disbelieving in its paranormal legend, has tried to dispose of it each time bringing about terrifying occurrences as a result. On one occasion, an unfortunate maid is said to have been searching for something in a cupboard when she unwittingly came across the skull. Shocked and horrified, she instinctively threw it out of an open window, where it happened to land on the back of a passing cart. Immediately, The horses pulling the cart stopped in their tracks and began whinnying and trembling in fear, refusing to move an inch, despite the best efforts of the driver, until the skull was removed. At the same time as this was occurring outside, inside the hall everything began violently shaking, as loud bangs and thuds echoed off every surface and pictures started falling from the walls. The terror-stricken maid quickly ran to retrieve the skull from the cart and brought it back inside, and straight away everything appeared to return back to normal. Some time later, a new owner took over the hall, who refused to believe the tale of Anne's skull, and, wanting to be rid of it, had it buried on the grounds of the property. While nothing strange seemed to occur straight away, the new owner began to experience increasingly bad luck as time went on, until Anne's restless, vengeful spirit appeared once more. Her bloodied apparition again stalked the hallways of Burton Agnes Hall, terrorising those living there both night and day and shattering any silence with her blood-curdling screams. Utterly petrified, the new owner dug the skull up and brought it back into the house in a desperate attempt to put an end to the horrifying disturbances, which thankfully it did.
1: But you know something, I feel like just randomly hearing a scream out of nowhere would be pretty funny. Just like... (laughs) You're like fuck. What the fuck? Where was that? And, and it just like keeps on happening. And, and like I imagine that she wasn't even scared. Just been like, oh my god, my fucking teeth for the fifth time today. Really, <laughs> oh, oh fucking Anne. Like okay, get the fucking skull quickly. Like this is just getting like that's what I would do. Just like mm. boo every five seconds. Like not even scary, just to like shit you up. Mm. And then that's that's far more effective than fear. It is, in my opinion.
0: Eventually, it was decided that the best course of action was to seal Anne's skull away in a secret spot within the walls of the hall, so that it would never again be disturbed and her furious wrath unleashed upon the inhabitants. To this day, it is said that Anne's skull still remains hidden away. Although no one is sure of the exact location, it has been speculated that it's somewhere behind the wooden panelling of the great hall which is looked over by a large portrait of Anne and her sisters, with them dressed in colourful, bright silk dresses, while she is all in black, sombrely gazing down to denote her tragic, premature death. Whether or not her concealed skull truly remains somewhere in the hall or if it's just a fun, gruesome story to tell visitors, one thing is for certain. In one way or another, whether it's physically, spiritually, or just through her legend, Anne Griffith's got her wish. She certainly remains at her beloved Burton Agnes Hall, and will continue to do so for as long as it still stands
1: yay mm, that was amazing Yay! i did miss you like hearing it? you tell stories i love it. i've never heard of that one i love it i
0: have neither <clears> i've got so many like weird obscure ones um
1: i loved it i think thank you. i think honestly for me i'm just i'm just curious and i'm wondering how come zach bagans hasn't come to fucking yeah. steal the skull what, like, how what come, are you
0: doing how come zach bagans hasn't come to uh Near Driffield in the East Riding of Yorkshire. Yes, I I wonder too.
1: I have no idea. I mean, he's there all the time. It's his favorite place to be. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Um, but no, that was amazing. Yeah. Was Thank Ooh. you. I love I love a good old fashioned English ghost story. Yeah,
0: like they're
1: all Cream. quite
0: similar in that there's a oh, yeah. a scary um,
1: a big drafty old house. Yeah. 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 Honestly, though, my question is from, like, cause her her wish was not keep my skull in the house. It was put it in the walls. All along, she said, just put it in the wall and I'll be happy, right? Yeah. And they fucking put it in a cupboard for a poor maid to just stumble across. <laughs> I would be, I would freak out too. Like, bitch, at least put it somewhere safe. Put yeah. it in the attic. Put it in the basement. Just put it somewhere where you can't just randomly come across <laughs> it. Like, oh, fuck, there it is. Like... I mean, if they had just hid it behind a fucking stone, mm. this would have all been avoided. It's but true. then, I guess we'd never have had the ghost story. So, yeah, there you go.
0: I mean, they didn't want mm. to, because it is a bit like <laughs> a bit macabre. Yeah, like decapitating. But it was the sixteen hundreds.
1: I mean, you could have had it done pretty easily. I'm sure, just you know, find the right <laughs> village undertaker. Yeah, the right. Who needs
0: a village undertaker? I mean, <laughs> <laughs>
1: when you have a priest, Bobble I mean, like,
0: <laughs> just go to the pub, buy him a drink.
1: I still can't believe the priest was just like, "Oh yes, you should do that." <laughs> it's almost like um, it's it's like when like you tell your best friend something that yeah, that you're thinking or feeling, and you give them like the most ludicrous, like, you know, I could just do this, and they're like, "Sucks to be you." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, may as well do that. And, and, and it's like really like you're not going to try and stop me. No, honey, go for you. Yeah. Do do your thing, babe. Do that, honey. Like so supportive. I love it. Mm. That priest was just there for the tea. He Mm-mm. was like, take a picture. <laughs> like, let me know how it goes. Decapitate that sister. <laughs> just there, <like>. <laughs> anyway.
0: <laughs> we hope you've enjoyed this story. It's been so fun. I'm I'm glad yes. for buck. Um Thank you so our much, Cassie. I, really I mean, really our episodes that. might take a bit more time, but um,
1: yes, yes, we're looking at potentially maybe like a monthly, a month- bi-monthly mm-hmm. to monthly instalment. I don't, I don't. Know. I have. Maybe I- I have the next one pretty much written,
0: okay, that's good, so um, you'll get at least another another episode,
1: oh, and we also have merch official merch, yes, Yay! we
0: do, because um we discovered that there was someone selling bootleg merch when we didn't even have um merch to begin with, um but, yes. so
1: we carried out, <laughs>
0: so now we've got official official merch, it's on um public. Yes, so you can find a link to that. Um.
1: Yes, it is in our link tree on our Twitter and also on our Instagram. Go check it out there. Yes, we have a link tree now because we are so professional. Um, So yes, you can find uh, the link there to the shop on TeePublic as well as our YouTube. We do have some videos up there now as well. And also, of course, our Patreon and also all of our various other social medias of which there are now many so yeah check it
0: out yes please do i'll put a link in the description of this episode too yeah yes so um that's it for us and now we will be introducing our special segment with our lovely claire who Wee. was very kind to join us so here we go hello claire it's lovely to have you thank you for joining us
2: thank you for having me i'm so excited
1: so so claire is one of my bestest friends like my my best friend ever from from childhood i think like the only person i've known for longer than i've known claire is katrina and (laughs) (laughs) so so this is really really special yeah we were
2: just saying like we maybe only met once briefly we're not 100 percent sure but um yeah so like this is the first time we've actually like had a conversation with each other though so (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: and it's gonna be out there for everyone to hear
2: yeah
0: but like we've grown up together like i can remember i have like memories (laughs) of claire with like short hair and a (laughs) and a side fringe and the two little emos together Uh, no
1: family reunion you're welcome everyone but yes, so um, so Claire is um, actually a professional rower for the Hong Kong national team. So she is now locked up tight and safe in China somewhere. Yes, um, I'm in 14 so- day
2: quarantine in China, having <laughs> left Hong Kong nine days ago. So I'm on day nine.
1: Woohoo! Yeah. Only, I can't count, five more days?
2: Yeah, we're here. We're in China because... Um, the Asian games, which is like, I guess like the Asian Olympics is happening in, um, September. And so like, normally what the team would do is they would travel across like the world and go to different countries and compete in different events. But because of like the pandemic our co- and like our coaches were like, yeah, we're just going to go to China for a seven month training camp. Um, Jeez. and then we're just going to travel around China and, um, yeah, row. So but we're actually like the the main event that we're training for is in September. So uh,
0: Yeah. Okay. So you've got you've got time to be in quarantine hopefully not until September. Yeah,
2: I've got <sighs> yeah, yeah, hopefully. But I found yeah. out one of our first races is going to be in Wuhan. So
1: That's going to be
2: fun. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>. <laughs> nice. It'll be at ground zero, which is going to be great.
1: It's so exciting. You need to take a lot of pictures. I will. Um, and <laughs> and see see if you can find a bat <laughs> to take a selfie with and just yeah. blame him just don't eat him <laughs> whatever you do kid. Yeah.
2: <laughs> we actually got told today as well that we're forbidden from eating any food that's like given to us outside of the quarantine not quarantine sorry the the training facilities that we will be in because because um, <laughs> like they're worried about like there being like banned substances in foods from outside the training facility
1: just imagine like i i wish that was a problem like imagine just someone offering you food that just happened to be laced with speed like that's a double whammy right there that's a gift
2: so do you do you get drug tested um i personally have not been drug tested yet but i think when it comes closer to, like, selection, or, like, if I get selected to be on a crew for the Asian games, then I'll probably be put on, like, the radar to get drug tested. Um, um like So yeah, for now,
0: you can like, enjoy yourself.
2: <laughs> yes,
1: I can enjoy myself <laughs> <on> for now. <laughs> Can't even have some spiced bat with speed. Mm, yum. So, Claire, I believe you have a story for us. Yes, yes
2: I do. So, I... I've always been interested in, like, kind of Japanese, like, spiritual culture and stuff. And um, so my story is about the ghosts of the 2011 tsunami. And I think this really stood out to me the most because... Well, in my mind, it stood out to me the most because, like, I have very clear memories of when it happened. Like, we were in school um, and, like, obviously Japan is, like, really close to Hong Kong and, like, we have friends that have family there and stuff. So... Um, and I think it was really big all over the world though as well, wasn't it? Cause it was like one of the biggest, um, earth, earthquake- it was like a huge earthquake, but yes. So this is my story. Um, I actually was kind of disappointed when I was, um, <laughs> when I was looking for, um, more content on it because I thought there would be more stories, but actually a lot of what I'm going to say, they do mention in, um, the Netflix episode of Unsolved Mysteries, Um, so I have picked a few things though that um, if you haven't seen it go watch it because it's really really good Um, and the one about um, the Japanese tsunami ghosts is like so scary
1: (laughs) (laughs) that sounds horrible I can't wait
2: On the 11th of March in 2011, a magnitude 9.1 undersea megathrust earthquake, its epicenter approximately 72 kilometers east of the Oshika Peninsula of Tohoku, Japan, lasting six minutes occurred. The earthquake moved Honshu, the main island of Japan, 2.4 meters, shifted the earth on its axis by an estimate of 10 to 25 centimeters and increase the Earth's rotational speed by 1.8 microseconds a day. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, Sorry. like, I was like, oh,
2: that's quite a lot.
1: <laughs> Does that mean that we're aging faster?
2: <laughs> I don't know, but
1: like... Are when- we aging faster? Because of that fucking thing? Is that how time works?
2: When I read this, though, I was just like, isn't that going to mess with, like, standard clocks?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: So the earthquake resulted in a major tsunami that brought destruction along the Pacific coastline of Japan's northern islands. The tsunami spread throughout the Pacific Ocean, even reaching the entire Pacific coast of North and South America. Although the heights of these waves were actually um, really minor, I think they were like a meter or two meters higher than they normally were, Um, but like they were noticeable.
1: Still pretty sad. That's so yeah.
2: So In Japan, more than 18,000 lives were lost, um, and entire towns were destroyed. Um, it also caused a nuclear meltdown at the Fukushima, Fukushima nuclear plant. Waves So it waves overtopped the seawalls and destroyed diesel backup power systems, which caused a large explosions and radioactive leakage. Um, over 200,000 people in the surrounding areas had to be evacuated. As of 2020, more than 2,500 people are still considered missing. And remains are actually still being discovered to this day. Um, last year, in February 2021, the remains of 61 year old Natsuko Okuyama, who went missing in the tsunami, so that her remains were found and identified on a beach in the northeastern region of Miyagi. Since the tsunami, there has been a huge increase in ghost sightings and possessions in Japan. As people started returning to their now devastated towns and homes to rebuild their lives and their relationships, there were many reports of strange occurrences happening. So yeah, as I mentioned before, if you've seen Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix, you may have heard of a couple of these things that I'm about to say. So the first one is about the phenomenon of phantom riders entering taxis. So in 2016, Yuka Kudo, a graduate student, interviewed a number of taxi drivers and a number of them all told strangely similar stories about ghost riders who would disappear once they reached their destination. So one driver told the story of a young woman who hailed his cab and asked to be taken to the Minimihama district, um, an an area now empty that was destroyed by the tsunami when he asked if she was sure she quietly responded have i died and when the driver turned around she disappeared
1: oh that gave me chills immediately
2: (laughs) so i also have an account of another taxi driver um so he said a passenger was asked to be taken to a residential address but when they had arrived the driver discovered that the house had been flattened by the disaster and then he asked are you sure this is the right place However, the, the passenger had disappeared as well. God.
1: I was going to say, I was going to say, um, are you sure that these taxi drivers weren't just servicing like confused, drunk, white people? Because I know <laughs> <I heard laughs> that in Chinese, guilo literally means white ghost. So maybe they mistranslated. Mm.
2: <laughs> Could possibly, although I think they were interviewed by somebody that was Japanese, so.
1: I mean, fair play.
2: yes. <laughs> But so actually the, the graduate student who interviewed them um, they felt that the stories were actually reliable because um, the taxi drivers had started their meters so I think it was like in like their logs or something mm-hmm. um, Japanese taxi drivers once they start the meter as soon as a passenger gets into a car so um, and then the taxi drivers are actually liable for the fare um, these taxi drivers did reveal to Miss Kudo that they didn't actually fear the vanishing passengers though Um, they actually often paid for the ghostly riders' trips out of their own pockets um, in the hopes that the journey is what they needed to complete to pass on. One taxi driver Mm. stated, if I encounter a ghost again, I will accept it as my passenger.
0: I know, but I feel like that's because, like, in Asian cultures, they're so respectful to ghosts. Meanwhile, meanwhile in the West, we're over here with Zuck Bagans shouting...
2: (laughs) So yeah, my second story is um, basically a British reporter, Richard Lloyd Parry, who was an who is an expatriate who had lived in Japan for eighteen years by the time of the tsunami. Also explored the ri- widespread phenomenon of these spirits in his nonfiction book, Ghosts of the Tsunami. So Parry speaks of a priest who he met. Uh, reverend Kaneda who shares with him a number of exorcisms that he has performed on people who have claimed to have been possessed by the victims of the tsunami one of the stories that reverend Kaneda speaks to parry of is a woman is of a woman called rumiko takashi and over the summer of 2013 the reverend exercised 25 spirits from her Ooh. Uh. The most difficult ones um that for ramiko um were those occasions when ramiko was possessed by the personalities of children um so here is an extract taken from parry's writing when a child appeared kaneda said my wife took her hand she said it's mummy, it's mummy here it's all right it's all right let's go together the first to appear was a tiny nameless boy too young to understand what was being said to him or to do anything more than call for his mother over and over again. The second was a girl of seven or eight. She had been with her even younger brother when the tsunami struck, and tried to run away with him. But in the water, as they were both drowning, she had let go of his hand. Now she was afraid that her mother would be angry. "'There's a black wave coming,' she said. "'I'm scared. Mummy. Mummy, mummy, I'm sorry. I'm sorry.' The voice of the girl was terrified and confused. Her body was drifting helplessly in the cold water. It was a long struggle to guide her upwards towards the light. She gripped my wife's hand tightly until she finally came to the gate of the world of the light, Kineda recalled. She then said, "Mum, I can go on my own now. You can let go. Afterwards Miss Kineda tried to describe the moment when she released the hand of the young woman as a little brown girl. The priest himself was weeping for her, and for the 20,000 other stories of terror and extinction. But his wife was aware of a huge energy dissipating. It made her remember the experience of childbirth, and the sense of power discharging at the end of the pain as the newborn child finally enters the world.
1: Oh, makes me want to oh sob. <laughs> that is heartbreaking, <laughs> I know.
2: Yeah, it's so sad. So it's also worth noting that Japan is actually, like, in a global poll um, that they did, Japan actually ranks as one of the least religious countries in the world. But, um, Mm -hmm. so they may not be religious, but I think they're incredibly, incredibly spiritual. Um, I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. A lot of people as well, they put, you know, they have altars in their homes for, for the dead and their ancestors and things like that. Um, but also actually there are a lot of theories, um, that deep that kind of claim to um what's the word that claim to debunk? like yeah debunk and like um yeah debunk these kind of um occurrences and um basically it's psychologists they actually think it's a um extreme form of post-traumatic s-
1: stress mm. disorder
2: um and like and actually it kind of does make sense because they basically said like this is like an event that You know, nobody could even fathom and um, people are seeing things and hearing things. And although like there are similar stories and stuff like that, they're saying that, you know, like the brain works in a weird way and it can actually cause these kind of responses, like stress responses, like being possessed or like, you know, claiming that you've had a passenger and stuff like that if you've been through that experience.
1: Yeah, I understand what you're saying about how it can be kind of like like a manifestation of this sort of hereditary pain like like passed on because like you said these sorts of really massive occurrences they can they can ripple through time and affect people that were were never there just by the sheer proximity to these bad things happening um so i would be i would be interested to know if uh because all of the people that um you mentioned all sounded like they were local to the area like local to japan it would be interesting if if a foreigner had had a similar kind of experience because again it's perhaps that that sort of kinship with the dead and that somber connection that might like you said heighten these responses so yeah
0: well yeah i mean everyone in japan would have been affected by it in some way yeah,
2: Exactly. i think definitely yeah it's like a collective thing and like they're a big community at the end of the yeah. day so yeah yeah yeah. it would be interesting Uh, to see if there were any like other experiences from like non-local people mm
1: -hmm, yeah Mm -hmm. i mean i i think that in general asian communities are very superstitious even if they're not religious i think like you said claire like spirituality and religion are totally different because in this case they weren't being possessed by like a demon or anything like malevolent it was just the soul of a dead person and um i yeah I think you can be spiritual without being religious, and I think that's a very good example of that sort of very distinct separation between the two,
2: yeah, I just thought it was really interesting because it's like such a modern like you normally hear of like kind of ghosts you know hundreds like from legends hundreds of years ago, and i I've, I've just found this so interesting because it's like such a recent thing that's happened,
0: yeah, I was gonna say that like you don't really think of modern yeah, ghosts. you don't like you always just think of.
1: Like a sickly Victorian child, like, Oh Mama Yeah take me. Yeah, Yeah, you didn't think
0: of like a ghost from two thousand eleven. That's
1: true actually. It's very true. (laughs) A modern ghost. Those were those oh my god, imagine having like a modern teenage ghost. In your Mm -mm -mm. house. No way. Hogging your internet, slamming the fucking door coming home at god knows what time screaming in your ear all the time like i would just I... that's
2: what's gonna happen next it's gonna be like ghost instagram accounts because like you know how they, they can they can like get into all the electronics and stuff so
1: that would be fun i would like that
2: so
0: thank you so much for listening and we hope to have you back for the next episode if you want to get in touch for any reason just to say hello or to send us a story of your own true paranormal or spooky experience, please email us at spookygirlspodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can also check us out on Twitter at spookygirlspod and on Instagram at spookygirlspodcast. If you want to support us further, then you can become a patron by going to patreon.com slash and from as little as $2 a month you gain access to bonus episodes and other awesome content that we have planned for the future thank you all so much and we'll see you all next time stay spooky goodbye goodbye <laughs>
1: yay did it work stop stop